Hello everybody and welcome back. This is the first episode since Gen Con, and man, Gen Con was awesome. So great to see all of you folks there. And just hang out, talk about stuff, talk about the show, talk about the convention, talk about where we're going to eat for dinner. I'm blown away by the 25-ish people that showed up for the that showed up for the meet and greet by all of the people that came together for their first Gen Con because of the show. It's absolutely amazing and overwhelming. This is the last episode before all of the crew get back together and everybody is actually in the same digital room to do stuff. As a note, we have recorded the finale. We are working on some epilogue stuff. I'm going to do a state of the pod in the next day or two to, to talk about some of that information. If you are one of the people that I met at Gen Con and I was giving out dice and buttons to, welcome. Probably not the best for you to start with this episode. Uh, we're in a bit of a, a bit of a serial or series that is ongoing, but I am happy to have you anyway. With all that said and done, I'm going to get out of the way and let you guys get to the actual episode. It has been three days since you guys got paid. And some of you have gotten into some downtime stuff and some personal projects, working on things. This is our first little recording with everybody back in the room to try and put some stuff back together. So I leave it in your hands for where you're going with this. So it's probably not too early in the morning, let's say 9.30, when Chuck will send a text message to Boz about that question for Michael. Did you ask it yet? Buzz just starts back. No. I'm free, though. Joy, shall we set up a meet? So I guess we'll just text uh, Michael asking if we can come over and have a chat. You'll get a DNI back? Sure. Got food here if you guys want some. Cool, I'll bring brownies. My mom would probably love those. Thank you. All right, so one plot travel time later. What is Michael's house like? That's kind of a awkward concept there. It's not one of the most luxurious places, but it's not run down. It's kind of in the middle. It's a three-bedroom place. I would say there's a yard to it, but, you know, all that Plaz Creek just kind of takes up too much of everything. It looks to be well-maintained. A little bit of work got put into it to try to keep things together and not so much falling apart. The paint job on it is... Kind of like a off blue. The windows that have the, the shades open. The door has been modified. It is larger than your regular door to accommodate what would appear to be a, a troll-sized individual that would live there. As Boz and Chuck pull up to Michael's place, we'll just go up and knock on the door. Michael opens the door and sees you guys there and smiles. Hey guys, uh, c- come on in. Come on in. Uh, thanks. Boz nods by way of hello and uh, steps inside. She's sort of like looking around. She hasn't been to Michael's place before. The inside is sparse and kind of Spartan-esque. Nothing too elaborate sitting on the sofa there. Uh, off to the side, you'll see a dining room table, kitchen area. Something easy. Uh, in the kitchen, you actually see a shorter human woman. Calls, hey, m- mom, uh, Boz and Chuck are here. I think Chuck said something about bringing Brady, so, um, you'll have to ask him. Yeah, I got them right here. 
They're uh, chocolate brownies with a, a layer of mint on top, and then on top of the mint is uh, some chocolate ganache. Your mom is very excited about this. I imagine this is the first time you've had anybody over since they all came to Seattle. Aside from the initial unload from when we first got here, yeah, pretty much. So she's not necessarily gone like super crazy with setting things up, but she's broken out what amounts to some plates and drinks and stuff for you guys. Trying her best to have a sense of normalcy after the things that they have gone through. Your sister is at school before going to work this evening, and your brother is not home from yesterday or the day before when you talked to him. Yeah, I figured she'd be the only one home. Quick question. Has Mike managed to trollify everything, or is he, like, making do? There is one large reinforced dining room chair so that he doesn't have to worry about breaking that. Has he got his own, like, recliner? No, he didn't have his old recliner. He's still working off, sitting off the floor and whatnot. After you hand the brownies over to my mom and whatnot, Mike looks at you both. So do you guys want to talk here? Do we need to go out back? Porch? Buzz, like, kind of glances towards the kitchen where Mike's mom has gone. And she just sort of looks back at Mike with sort of like a slow shrug. Like, it's up to you, but it's going to be a little deep, if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, hey, mom, could you excuse us for a little bit? We need, we got some, we got to talk a little bit. She's got bright eyes and a big smile. She'll be like, oh yeah, I'll just take, and she'll take one of the little brownies off of the thing onto a folded up napkin on her plate and her cup of whatever it is you guys are drinking, and then go off into the other room. I'll motion over to the kitchen table and pour them all some, some water. That's pretty much the only thing I have on tap. And I'll have a seat, pulling out one of the brownies out of the pan, of course. Buzz politely refuses a brownie and uh, just, like, sits with her water at the at the table. She has a look at someone who's sort of resigned to a difficult conversation, I guess would be a good way to look at her. She's not super talkative yet. So how are we going to start this, Buzz? I, I'm, I'm not certain. I guess, Mike... Um, we kind of want to pick your brain a little bit and get your opinion on some some of the things that have been talked about as of late. Uh, I'm hoping you know what I mean. And and also a favor you'd like to ask. Should we start with the favor, I guess? Motioning to pause. Go ahead. I'll jump in. Okay. Um, so, uh, mm, let's think. How, how How should I put this? Um, I'll just give you the story. Uh, RC and I have recently found out that, um, Mary Sue's old boyfriend died and we don't know if she knows and we don't know if it's impacted her on certain decisions. Um, but because we know and she hasn't told us, we don't know if she knows and she seems to be a little snippy with Boz and I and Darcy, but she seems to be more buddy-buddy with you, so... <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no, I would definitely not say more buddy-buddy with me. She gets snippy with me just as much. I just snip back. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. I didn't know she had a boyfriend. Yeah, 
I mean, is this a, a new development? Because when I left it, there wasn't one in, in the picture and I haven't heard of anything since I've gotten back. She looked up with a, a ganger named uh, Valentine. He wasn't around a lot. She didn't like to mix her company that much, but yeah, Chuck found out that he, he kicked it. And, uh, I mean, we got to tell her. I think she'd be upset if she found out that we knew and didn't say anything. Right. Especially if she doesn't know. And then, yeah. Oh, and side note, he turned into a ghoul. And that's kind of why he died or something. I didn't get the details. Mike's eyebrows kind of pop up a little bit. A ghoul. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I guess my first question is, is where did you guys find out about this? Uh, I asked the ancients and they kind of just told me. The ancients were the, was, that was the gang that he was involved in. Yes. Yeah. So the thing is, we, uh, we did some thinking. We realized that Mary Sue had been wearing her colors for a while. So, uh, either one of two things happened. Either she, uh, broke up with him and he died after, and that's why she wasn't wearing the colors, or she stopped wearing them because he died. Okay. Um, well, that is, that's, that's, pardon the concept, but that's not exactly the easiest of things to swallow there. I can, I mean, if you guys have said that she's getting snippy, that might be the point of it. Did you guys know that she was going out with somebody? Yeah. Yeah, we've known for a while. But you guys never, uh, at least never in my presence, brought it up to her about asking about how she's doing or what the, how they're doing or how he's doing. It was a he, right? Or was it a she? With a name like Valentine, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was a pretty boy elf, so you couldn't really tell anyway, right? <laughs> um, mm. yeah, it was a boy, though. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, um, wow. If she does not know, then this is going to be hard on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if she does know, then she might not appreciate us poking around. Not that we were intentionally trying to find this out. No, yeah, understandable. Um, where did, I mean, you said you talked to the ancients about it. Why did you guys go to the gang in the first place? Just to be clear, I didn't. Chuck told me about it. Mike looks over at Chuck. So, I wanted to give you the short version of the story, but, uh, Here's the longer version. <clears throat> this uh, tin can I have here, and he, like, clonks his chest. The doctor that gave me it is the ancient street dock. Okay? I went back to the ancient street dock to get a new upgraded version. How'd that go? Well, it's still... Um, it was a fitting, essentially. So I need to go back uh, again to get it properly resized and all that nonsense. Um, but... Um, Right. I was just talking. I'm like, hey, how's Valentine doing? I haven't seen him in a bit sort of thing. And he just went dead silent, kind of like pale in the face a little bit. And I tried to question about it. He wouldn't tell me anything. And you know, usually I would just kind of leave it at that. But um, there was something about the ancients wanting large amounts of like antiviral and antibiotics and a bunch of not usual ganger drugs, right? So 
I did some investigating and then pretended to want a new drug dealer to talk to the ancients and talk to a dealer who knew Valentine, and he told me. Uh, oh. The reason I ask is because Mary Susan asked how either of you found out about this, how I found out about this, and why I'm asking about it. We're asking about stuff around her back, which, or not, it just literally came up in conversation. So, I mean, that's not something that, yeah. That's going to be a little bit of a hard sell. She takes it the wrong way. Which she might. She very well might. Wouldn't be out of character. If your favor is you want me to talk to her about it, that's not a favor. I'd be happy to. You guys are my friends. That's what friends do. Yeah, we. It's it's mainly just that I think she would prefer to hear it from you than from us. Okay. What else did you want to talk to me about? Because you said you want to ask the favor first, and then you said you had other things you needed to talk to me about. Yeah, there's a couple of things actually. Before we get into the the big one, something's come up. For me, I was going to talk to Chuck about it, but now that I got you here, uh kind of want to pick your brain on it, too. Um, so I uh just sort of on my own time got looking into someone involved in the Verdant Acres thing. I uh wanted to look in on somebody and let them know uh that their mother had passed. Uh, just something that was digging at me. Anyway, I, I found him, and I, and I talked to him, and uh, he told me something that kind of got me a little little worried. I guess when his mother signed up at Vernon Acres, he started getting checks immediately, like a will or uh, some payments involved with, with a will or something from the lawyer's office, which is weird for a couple of reasons. She wasn't technically dead at that point, or at least nobody knew that she was dead, which means that Somebody at Vernon Acres knew what they were doing and were trying to keep things quiet, I guess, or maybe she personally signed off on it. But I'm concerned that there may be some kind of a relationship between Vernon Acres and this uh, this lawyer's office. And I just want to check it out and make sure that it's not too strong a relationship, if you get my meaning. And I was going to have Chuck help me out finding out some information to see if the ties are a little too strong, may have a bigger problem than we realized. So are you asking me to check to see if they're infested? That's exactly what I'm asking. I was hoping we could go over there at some point. Then just say it. <laughs> just, boss, there's no reason to beat on the bush. Just come out and tell me what you want me to help you with. I'll be happy to help. Yeah, you let me know when you want to go over there. If you want to do a drive-by or you want me to walk around, I'll go and check it out, see what I can see. Can't guarantee I'll see anything, and who knows, but if I do, I'll let you know. All right. We can head over there sometime together. I want to get a look at the place, too, and just sort of get my eyes on it. I promised this guy I'd let him know what I found out. Um, so, yeah, that that's it. Easy question. Sure. Mike kind of leans back his chair and pulls out one of his cigars, so I'm still waiting to hear this, what you have to talk to me about that really difficult. Because that's what you guys kind of started off with saying. So, or is my version of difficult and your version of difficult just drastically different? I don't know. I have no idea. We wanted to talk to you about Mary Sue's plan and where you stand on it. This has been sort of a conversation that's been moving through 
seems like everybody in the group's got something to say about it, but we haven't heard from you about it since. So I guess my question is, are you, uh, are you going to help her out? Mary Sue's plan? The wet work. You mean LaFay's? Yes. If Mary Sue is asking me for help, I'm her friend. I'm going to help her. Boz, if you ask me for help, you're my friend. I'm going to help you. Chuck, same thing. Even R.C., granted, I'll have to get him a walker because, you know, he's crippled and his back hurts. But I'll still help him. Did Morgana not help you with your family? She did. And that's not worth nothing? That is worth something. That's worth a lot. But you also have to... Okay. So I'm going to put this out there. Take it as you want to take it. Trust is a thing. I have clearly done things that have made you guys not trust me. Look straight over to Chuck. Things that terrify you. But at the end of the day, I trust you guys. I trust your decisions. Nothing has happened yet. Nothing at all. Something is going on with Mary Sue. I've seen it. I can see it. And now clearly, you two can't see it. That doesn't mean that she doesn't need our help and our support. One way or another, nobody's saying to pull a goddamn trigger. Nobody's saying to zap. Well, that's what I'm asking you, Mike. Sounds like that's what Mary Sue wants out of this. It is what she wants. There's different ways to help a person. I agree. If someone wants to go screaming into a burning building, sometimes the best help you can give them is to just hold them back. That's where I'm at right now. I don't want Mary Sue to do this, not because I think it's the wrong thing to do, but because I think she's going to get herself killed. And she might get us killed with her, but that's a secondary concern. She's going to kick a hornet's nest, and I don't know why. I don't think she's got a plan in her head that makes any sense. But I feel like we got to talk her out of it, and I don't know if we can do that unless we all agree that she (laughs) needs to be talked out of it. Something about Morgana has spooked and riled Mary Sue. I don't know what it is. No doubt about it. I do not know what it is. I don't think anybody does because Mary Sue's not likely to talk about it. What briefly I talked to her about just the other day was her awakening and her change, if you will. And it threw her for a loop. She's had a break of sorts. It's a lot to take in. There's a lot going on in her life, you know. Things have changed for her pretty drastically in the last little while. and It's not her fault she's going off the rails, but, like, I don't think the best thing for us to do is go off the rails with her. I think we can maybe try and support her in a different way. I think that's what it's going to come down to is the way that we have to support her, of what we're going to end up doing when we support her. That's what it's going to boil down to, to be 100% honest. That's what it'll boil down to her. I told her. And this is true for any one of you guys as well. I have your back. Period. She believes wholeheartedly that Morgana needs to go. She says it's something that she feels down in her core, that it's just something that's completely off, and that she needs to go, and that everybody will be better for it. Pot kill black. At what point do you take over from being 
who you are in being somebody else, i.e. in this case, at what point in time would Mary Sue end up turning into a Morgana? I don't see that as very likely. I mean, if that's what she's hoping for, just to pick up someone's comlink and take over their business, I just don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's what she's looking for, but I think that might end up being what happens. Is it just me, or has Mary Sue gotten more aggressive in her negotiating? Something that I stay completely out of, because it's none of my business. Well, the reality is, Morgana isn't just a person walking around with a bunch of contacts in her in her comlink. She's got people who respect her, people who care about her, people who would be angry if she were to be killed. And putting Mary Sue putting herself in that position... It's just painting a big target on her head, and I don't think there's any way in the world she gets out of that alive. It doesn't matter how aggressive she is. Someone's going to want her dead. More than one someone. This is a, a big, wide world for old people, and people don't just say, hey, you killed the person that I used to work with. Cool, I guess we're partners now. It just doesn't work that way. Like I don't know why anyone would think it would. It doesn't work that way. And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that She's just going to piss off an awful lot of people if she even manages to succeed. I mean, Morgana's no pushover. I think I think that Mary Sue's underestimating her. I don't think there's any way that she could possibly get one over on her. Not. I think that it's something that we all need to sit down and talk about. But I think yeah. one of the other bigger things that we need to figure out right now is, is Mary Sue okay? Part of that has to do with bringing up this Valentine individual. Yeah, which is why I think we should have that conversation before we talk about anything else. Are we going to want to do it at her place? Probably be a little bit more quiet than here, considering there's a possibility of three other people walking in. Or are we going to do it at like somewhere like the Brown Spoon? I, I don't want to talk about this in the Brown Spoon. That no. just seems like asking for trouble. Especially, you know... A week or two ago, I can't remember exactly when you dropped the inside of someone's head on the table. Uh, maybe her place would be good. She's going to feel cornered anyway. And if it, you know, if it's somewhere that she feels a little more comfortable, then maybe it'll go over a little smoother. I don't know. We can figure it out. Well, have you guys talked to RC about this? He's oddly not here. Yeah, part of it. Because him and I were, t- I needed a drive into, you know, the deepest part of Redmond to meet with, uh, well, not the deepest part of Redmond, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I needed to drive because Grid Guide couldn't take me, so RC took me. So he knows about the issue. We talked a little bit afterwards. He doesn't seem to be too keen on, uh, doing the pew pew, shooting off, um, Morgana. So, uh, that's kind of what triggered me to ask about if Boz, you know, she was very adamant on not wanting to, so he's at least aware of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, I think that we need to, like, get a message out to everybody to set up a time to actually sit down and get together and just touch base. All right. Um, I'll send a DNI of asking out for drinks tonight. Sound good? Fine by me. All right, so Chuck will send out a group DNI. Drinks tonight? Question mark. Mary Sue will respond with, "Can't busy tonight, but maybe everyone can come over to my place tomorrow." 
Well, that works. Yeah. Sure. She'll give you an address. Is it a new address? Mm-hmm. Different neighborhood completely. Okay. She'll give you a time, like, late afternoon around four. Sure. Anybody need to do anything before we go to that? Mary, so are you doing anything of note in that night that you are supposedly busy? Yeah, I'm doing what I've been doing the past few nights. Going out and doing my stakeout. Gathering info, intel. Are you doing it the same way? Or are you doing it in some other way? I don't think she's in the place. I think she's like sitting outside and just watching the people that go in and out. Okay. That's fine. I think she's also kind of touched base with Vincent just to make sure he's on the chain still. He will respond to you in text messages. Do you ask him any pointed questions or just general interrogation? General interrogation. Basically, anything new, any any weird behavior out of the norm, anything at all like that going on. He gives you very mechanical and short answers. But are the answers I want to hear? I don't know. What answers are you trying to hear? I want to hear that maybe business is down. Maybe she looks frustrated. Maybe she's not there as often. Maybe people are quitting. Maybe there's grumbling among the staff. Well, given as it's been two and a half days <laughs> since your interrogation, nothing drastic has happened. Business has started to even out, but it's still on the lower side. No special interest guests have come in. Okay. And I think that's all he tells you. Okay. Because I don't think he's trying to have a ongoing conversation with you. He's just trying to give you some information so that you'll not harass him. Okay. All right. I don't have to be best buds with Vincent. No, you're actually probably very far from that. Okay. RC, are you doing anything crazy over the, the couple of days here that you have? Uh, I don't think so. I'll be there for the meet, but that's about it. RC's trying to deal with his mom, who's not doing too well, taking care of her, kind of being the doting son. I would imagine his mom is probably going to be pretty needy. She's got a little bell that she rings. Every little thing. Fluffing pillows, lifting feet. RC is pretty much concerned with that and probably building robots uh, of various Roomba dispositions to fluff pillows, clean carpet, you know, but do the dishes, that kind of thing. Make his life a little bit easier. She has an appointment tomorrow, so... Hopefully that'll be a, a final answer on that situation. You guys go back and forth over a little bit, and she doesn't need you to come and would rather find out for herself and then talk to you. Okay. But RC will be freaking out. All right, but it, it sucks. The next day will come. I believe you guys said you were getting together at Mary Sue's. Four is the one she said. Yeah, four. How are you guys getting there, and are you showing up on time, or... What's the what's the deal? Well, whereabout is Mary Sue's new place? It's in Capitol Hill in downtown. It's a B-rated neighborhood. Fancy. Mm, moving up in the world. So Chuck's taking grid guide. <laughs> I think Boz just takes grid guide over too from Sahamish. Yep, Mike will as well, and I'll arrive on time. Arthur will arrive exactly on time. Within, you know, a five-minute window. He's five minutes late. 
But five minutes late is clearly on time. There's a window, and that's fine. Take us on the quick tour of Mary Sue's apartment. So her apartment is on 4th or 5th, I think, before her apartment was like on the third floor, that other terrible rundown apartment. But this one's a couple floors higher, and it's a small space, not a lot of room. But it does have a unique feature of having doors that open out to a rooftop green space. Oh. The furniture is kind of sparse. It looks like maybe all the money she had probably goes into paying for the apartment. And really, it's just her and one other person. It's not like she needs a lot of furniture. So you'll see it's kind of sparsely furnished. It's small. If you were to look in the fridge, there's no food in there. But there are bags. Mary Sue went to the noodle shop and got food for everyone. She got two for Mike. Oh, thank you. So the doors are open because it's late afternoon, and that's when Margaret likes to go out because we have her go out when it's kind of dusk out. We don't want her in broad daylight with people seeing her or birds of prey. Who knows? Is Margaret around when Michael shows up? Yeah, Margaret lives there. Why wouldn't she be around? So, yeah, you guys show up as you do in your order and fresh kind of fresh air coming in, and Margaret's flitting about. Yeah, she'll see her, Mike. Mike's like, ooh, magic entity, what the hell? I'm I'm following her with my eyes because I haven't seen a pixie yet. Mary Sue is dressed very casual, like got out of bed maybe a few hours ago with casual pants, sweatshirt. Maybe she just ran out, got that food, and came back. A little disheveled looking. Buzz shows up with a bottle of nice whiskey, like actually nice whiskey. When she walks in, she kind of looks at it mournfully and then puts it on the counter. Like, uh, it was nice having you around. Arthur will uh, pour himself a drink from the side of the bottle. Buzz follows suit. She doesn't catch sight of Margaret right away. She's, like, pouring her drink and, like, kind of catches movement in the corner of her eye and, like, spills, like, a little bit of the whiskey and is like, God, God damn it. Chuck arrives with lemon bars <laughs> and uh, places them on the uh, counter. Hell yeah, Archie's going to, like, stuff, like, three in his mouth at the same time. With the drink in his hand. That was delicious. That was very good. That was very good, though. Thank you. Mike kind of looking around like, I didn't know we were supposed to, like, bring stuff. No, Mike, I just thought I'd be nice since it's later in the day. I'd have food, and I didn't expect anybody to bring anything, although I appreciate the whiskey. Everybody appreciates whiskey. That's why you bring it. <laughs> and it looks like R.C.'s really enjoying the uh, lemon bars, so that's good. Yeah, they're quite good. They're quite good. Besides, it felt like it would be in poor taste to just keep pulling a flask out of my jacket, so got a fancy bottle. Now it's classy. Margaret will come in and come over to the lemon bars and grab a piece. Margaret! She'll look at you like no. cat with the thing, and whoosh, no, off she no. goes. I knew it was. I knew this was a pet situation. <laughs> no, it's not. She gets really crazy on the sugar, and so let her be. Open the window. <laughs> She's her own person. You, you can't restrict them from doing it. And to be fair, these lemon bars have less sugar than the cake that she had. That one time. Well, I mean, at least that's something, but... Well, at least she has the space out there to 
flit around and burn it off. So there should be a problem. Let's hope. So, um, this is my new place. It's nice. You got outside space. That's unusual. Well, Margaret and I needed needed some a space, some green space to. She needs it to have a space to flit around in, and I just didn't like being cramped up in that other apartment. And I just thought a nice open area like this would would make me feel better. Looks really good, Mary. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. If I had to live in the city, this is how I'd want to do it too. Yeah. It's nice. It's expensive, but it's nice. <laughs> you can see the space needle from here. Huh. <laughs> so how has everybody been since um the job? Doing all right. Can't complain. Hmm. Not too bad. Keeping busy. No. Oh. I guess I'm doing all right. How's your mom, Marcy? I mean, yeah, not 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 great. She's kind of got some health issues, and uh, you know, we're working on it. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thanks. You need any help with anything, RC? I mean, no, it's just. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm ailing. It's just, you know, she's just she's she's older, and you know, she's um, you know, she just needs to listen to her doctors more and everything. And uh, anyway, uh, it's 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 not it's not. Uh, Anything we can do much about right here. So yeah, I appreciate, I, I do appreciate y'all though. Well, let us know, RC, if, if you need anything. Yeah, if there's anything we can do to help out, just let us know. Oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate it. Okay. So, since we're all here, Mary, how are you doing? Mike kind of pulls up a piece of real estate on the floor. <laughs> Troll furniture's expensive, Mike. Sorry. Don't tell me twice. You know, I kind of know these things. Um, have, you ain't been inside my house yet, but there's like one troll chair in there and the door, and that's it. I'm good with sitting on the floor. I don't care. I assume Mary Sue will take a seat somewhere nearby, eating her little box of noodles. Mike kind of scoots over a little closer to her, so he's kind of looking her face to face. Shall we set up a meet? Since we're talking about something quite sensitive, it should probably be more private than that. Chuck has never been to Michael's. That's a good point. You know, we never do Michael's place. Never do Oz's place either, but that's understandable. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, I'll bring brownies. My mom would probably love those. Thank you. Aw. I love how Chuck's cooking just keeps coming back up in a wholesome... Very wholesome fashion. That's how he deals with stress. Yeah, seems to work. Can look into yeah. that. Especially when you add a little zen to the brownies. <laughs> it looks, 
so spiking the brownies with sedatives. So you're bringing edibles, not brownies. No, this is just normal brownies. Damn. I know. The door has been modified. It is larger than your regular door to accommodate what would appear to be a, a troll-sized individual that would live there. I was actually kind of imagining, like, literally just a cutout shape of Michael's silhouette. Like, he just... <laughs> the, the Bugs Bunny <laughs> door construction method? <laughs> yeah. Wily Coyote, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I was imagining one of those barn doors where they have the door in two sections, one for the top, one for the bottom, where the bottom is, like, human size, and then he could open the top and the bottom to get the troll in there. Meow, meow, meow. Y'all got jokes. I see how it goes. Picking on the big guy. Okay. Oh, the big guy can oh, Don't don't hate on all that trolling. Oh my god. <laughs> so unhappy right now. And no, he didn't have his old recliner, he's still working off sitting off the floor and whatnot. After troll lazy boy. <laughs> a trolley boy. Hey, they're not <laughs> sponsor they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> Trolley oh. boy, there we go. I think she's also kind of touched base with Vincent just to make sure he's on the chain still. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> yep, Mike will as well, and I'll arrive on time. Buzz arrives fashionably late. I'm just kidding. She, <laughs> she would never do that. She's not fashionable. So this doesn't work that way. <laughs> Well then, you know, a five minute window. He's five minutes late. But five minutes late is clearly on time. There's a window, and that's fine. <laughs> that I'm sure that van is not conspicuous at all in this B-rated neighborhood. Mm-mm. Not conspicuous anywhere you, at all, ever. If I'm conspicuous, <laughs> you mean awesome as hell, then you'd be correct. <laughs> <laughs> and really, it's just her and one of the persons. Like she needs a lot of furniture. It's not even a full person. <laughs> so. Is Margaret around when Michael shows up? Yeah, Margaret lives there. Why wouldn't she be around? Because I've never met Margaret. Yeah, you did. It, we got her at that job, at the hotel, the auction job. Last I knew, she was turned over. And oh, yeah, released. she was turned over. Yeah. So she, she wasn't part of us. So it's like, mm-hmm. mm, now you, okay. She's not part of us. She's part of Mary Sue. She's she, with Mary Sue. She might be her own person. Mm-hmm. Or a pet. I Which she means by. Well, I mean, when you were saying things like, we got her. We got her. We got her, our, our pixie at the store. We didn't get our pixie at the store. <laughs> what she means by part of Mary Sue is that Mary Sue has eaten her. Uh. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. One of those elves. Getting your teeth. Um. Oh, delicious. That was very good. That was very good. Thank you. I'm actually going to pour myself a glass of whiskey to simulate. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to get working. You know, you know what goes, goes great mean, with lemon bars? Whiskey. Whiskey? Whiskey goes great with everything, RC. How dare you? Yeah. I'm great. I'm fine. I'm great with you. I mean, a hot toddy, a, a whiskey, lemon juice, tea. Oh, my God. You warm my heart. <laughs> a hot toddy. Are you from the South secretly? No. What the fuck just happened? No, I'm just proper. 
Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I, <laughs> since we're on break, the entire Ole Miss, my alma mater, uh, fight song <laughs> is a is called Hotty Totty because we're a party school and we like the alcohols. There you go. Now I'm pouring the last of my Glenfiddich. Ooh, nice. It was a housewarming gift from listeners. Wait, you got gifts? Sakara and Jenny came down to visit me in India, and they brought me a housewarming yeah. gift, a bottle of 12-year-old Glenfiddich. Wait, Zakara is from fucking... It- Wait, we're Italy? He's in Michigan, but he came to Indy, where Indy. I am. Oh, yeah. Indianapolis, where you're coming for Gen Con? I'm, I'm vaguely aware of, of the place. Mm-hmm. I hear there's a race there. It's a small little thing, little cars tool around a track. It's a good right. afternoon. People don't know how to do anything but a left goddamn turn. <laughs> and then they have to applaud themselves for it. <laughs> they can left hand turn like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm going to really go through and confuse them through, through all the track. I'm just going to put right turn only signs. <laughs> As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to, to do this. Come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to turn on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast any official capacity whatsoever. Music and sound effects are provided by Sirenscape, and I don't think I need to add anything else. So, Sound Guy Oz here. Once again, the excellent music you've heard today was Ipanema Daydream, produced by Bird Creek Royalty Free and found on the YouTube. Sound effects are provided by freesound.org and by Sirenscape, all of which is covered under the Creative Commons license. Catch you next week.